Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role as high fits. Compassion, great passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. (laughs) Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another epic episode of The Rose Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me, it's Jake Green, and just today again, I, c- I keep saying this, but we still, you know, we have another awesome guest on the show. Really, Olympic champion again, another Olympic champion, and we are chatting to the men's single scholar Stefanos Tuskos from Greece, who recently won his uh, gold medal in Tokyo. And uh, yes, what a what an awesome show! Big respect to Stefanos coming on. You know, and he's not a a native English speaker, but he still took the time and, and came on the show, and I like I really appreciate that because obviously. Our podcast is, you know, for us, Lawrence and I, we want to give the athletes around the world a voice to, you know, express their stories and their careers. And of course, you know, you're not just the the native English speakers out there. You know, rowing is is such a big uh, sport in a lot of countries where, you know, um, English is not the main language. So awesome to, to get them on. For sure. And holy shit, what a cool episode, dude. What a cool episode. I mean, we, I've been just dying to chat to this guy. You know, mm. uh, I think the whole world just has questions like, how on earth did he win? Mm. And, you know, I think first of all, when I was doing the research and when Jake, me and Jake were, were going through his results and we were digging into to his past, you know, maybe he wasn't a, a top pick coming into the Olympic Games, but when you really look at the results, his the signs that it's there it mm. really is there you know it's not um it wasn't actually that out of the blue you know there were often times where he had raced and you know he had shown real real promise and and real skill and you know i think looking at that and understanding that really helps you realize that you know he wasn't actually that far off the the win and you know him taking it on the on the tokyo course was actually more predictable than uh, yeah. than you could have thought you know and also just looking back he is so young mm. you know he raced um 2016 rio olympics in the lightweight four as a first year mm, 19 years old first year out of school and he made the eighth final there and probably one of the, the most competitive bow classes and like lauren said when you look at his results i mean he's he's definitely showed you know, he spent a lot of time trying to make other crews work and you will, you'll see in the chat, you can hear that, you know, he was trying to make other crews work but the people he was rowing with would just retire and stop rowing. And then he got into the skull and immediately got into the skull, silver place medal at under 23s. Um, and uh, to another athlete, Mark Weber, who took the gold, who now rows in the German quad, the top tier boat in that country. So immediate success. And then you can see he's often showed results where he would be you know leading the field or even in the in the mix in the field to the 1500 meters even against the best in the world and then struggle to finish with uh, maybe a bit of the fitness and conditioning and obviously a big thing in skull is going through the progression racing going through the heat semi quarters um so there's a lot more race to get through in the single and and that's another element where you can see Stefanos has struggled in the past doing really well in the heat in the quarters, but then running out of gas in the semi in the final. And like going back to like trying to, he's you're often trying to make pairs work. And then as you say, his, his, his crews keep changing and that really came across like that frustration. And I think that's a, an, a real issue for small countries, you know, countries that don't have a big um, kind of rowing culture, then, you know, it's, 
you you row for a couple of years it's it's really hard it's really difficult you're not getting paid really much at all and then you want to get into the working world or you want to give uh, other passions uh, a go so you know to hang on to to athletes the smaller it's like and it's like kind of counterproductive because as the smaller your team gets the more important it is to hold on to athletes but the the quicker they they move on so mm. i don't know it was uh, i thought that part was was you could see that was pretty frustrating and tough for him but then you know going into the single and i think almost like he didn't have the belief that he he was gonna uh, that he could win that he could roll with the the big dogs and only really coming into tokyo did he really start to to believe that that he could do it and you know, hearing him talk about the race you know kind of just almost in awe himself uh, coming through the the mm. 1500 meter realizing that he's still up and that you know he'd made these changes to his race plan and uh and that was what was going to carry him to the line and i mean just unbelievable unbelievable and yeah again i think uh it's it's been awesome getting some more diversity on the show but i think uh, a little bit of housekeeping you know big shout out to our patrons you guys are, are integral in in keeping the show going and and helping us um become more professional and giving us an ability to to take the podcast further you guys are the best and we really appreciate your support um and then all the other listeners out there you guys are the you know also a real core part of of growing our show um keep spreading uh, word of mouth keep tell, telling your friends about it um Lawrence often says you know at least if you can get one more person to listen to the show that helps us immensely especially um you know with the algorithm and how the internet works these days and then of course get in contact with us email on Instagram and we'll try our best to get in, in contact with you. We're not we're not afraid of some criticism. I know Lawrence takes it very personally, but I I am alright. Oh, oh your your skin is thicker. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll when next time someone tunes you for saying I'm interested then I will I'll pass it on okay. to you. Okay. <laughs> no guys, it's uh, it's always a pleasure and if you're listening on Patreon, you're going to get this pretty soon after we recorded we record in August that uh, just after the the game. So Patrons will have it and then we release them later on, you know, patrons get that early access. So if you want early access, you want the more rowing, more current uh, episodes, then uh, definitely go and have a look at at the Patreon and how that works and and join us there because it's actually been amazing and you know, we have a, such a cool community building building up on that side. So if you're interested in that r- real rowing knowledge, then it's definitely something that I would look into. Mm. But I think that's enough that's a quite a long intro for us so Jake let's uh let's get into the show awesome guys enjoy welcome ladies and gentlemen to another awesome interview on the row show and today we have a very special guest we have um olympic champion in the men's single sculls Stefanos Tuskos from Greece thanks a lot Stefanos for coming on the show it's great to have you on welcome thank you and uh just a huge congratulations olympic champion in the single skull the blue ribbon event and what a race i, I still am, can't believe that uh that you you took it and just incredible incredible race i was watching it on the on the bank and it was just unbelievable to to see that happen yes it was uh, my best race i think mm. and uh all the training and all this uh, in the race i think uh, works very well because uh, i was in a very good shape and in these races the last two races in the semi final and the final i think uh, i was on the top yeah i think definitely definitely so and 
you know, Stephanos, we've we've done we've done a lot of research and we've looked. You know, we've we've also been following your um your career up to this, up until this point, and you know, you're you spend a lot of time switching between bow classes, but you could tell when you switched into racing in the single, you immediately had really good speed and came off with a silver medal at under twenty threes, and then um you proceeded to get really uh, good results even on the senior stage. But one thing that we've noticed is that you you you've been usually quite quick to like the fifteen hundred meter mark, you know, with the, the best in the world, and then you definitely seem to have in the past you struggled a little bit in the last hundred meters, and also maybe with the progression of all the races. And you can tell in Olympics you managed to get it all right. So we're interested to know like how what did you change then? What things were you focusing on to make sure you could get through all the progression of the racing and to finish you know that two thousand meter race you know, in the top spot. Yes, I try to have a good reaction, I think, uh, with my legs and all that to press a lot, but uh, do not press to feel like exhausting. So I try in the trainings to have a better speed and uh, to find to work in the last 500 meters in the finish because uh, in the other, in the previous races I don't have this. So... I try to change it in all the trainings. After that, uh, I feel better in the race. I feel better rhythm. I think they help me in the tailwind because uh, I'm lighter and uh, I feel very good the speed. So I worked in this part in the trainings in the last 500 meters and I think uh, it works great. Mm. So uh, obviously the, the weather and the quick conditions in uh, in Tokyo helped you a lot because as you say you you're from a, a lightweight background and uh, stepping into to that heavyweight single where you have you know these huge uh, uh guys that you have to race against your opposition uh, guys like Oli Ziedler who's uh you know close to the world record on the on the rowing machine uh tell us a bit about how that uh, tailwind how those quick conditions help you out yes because i think i'm lighter and uh, I switched from the lightweight category to the heavyweight. So it was a big step to do this. Uh, I feel in the tailwind, I feel more comfortable. And uh, in the waves, because I worked a lot in the waves, in the trainings. So I think I have one advantage. Because mm. in the waves and uh, in the tailwind, I go better. Of course. And then, you know, we've... We've, uh, you've, you've, we've spoken a bit about, you know, you being a lightweight and um, obviously it's incredible. Often, you know, you've seen a lot of lightweight athletes over the last couple of years try and change to heavyweight and it's, it's not easy. But, you know, you, you know, you started your own career pretty young and um, you went to the 2016 Olympics in the lightweight four and, and that must have been an incredible journey. You know, you guys went to the late qualifications and you just missed out to Russia, but then Russia got banned and you got put in that your uh, light T4 went to the Olympics. And then, you know, you, you guys came with the, the sixth place finish in the A-final, which, you know, was a really good result for um, for the Greek lightweight four back then. So speak to us a bit about what that journey was like and what was it like racing um, at, a, at a lightweight level at that early stage in your career? Uh, what I feel in my, in the lightweight when I was, I was, a I was very difficult because it's 187. So to be in lightweight category in the seven kilos, it was very difficult for me because I didn't need uh, anything at all. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult. Yes, and in the water, all that. Uh, 
And after that, I say to my coach, I I cannot do it anymore. Mm. <laughs> I cannot do to be in the lightweight. So after that, I tell to switch in category to go in the heavyweight. I try to find uh, to go in the pair with one guy that we win in the. We take the silver medal in the 2016 in Rotterdam and. Uh, we have a good pair, so we try to do it like pair in the heavyweight because in this have problem. It was in the same height like me, so has the same problem. So we try to do in the heavyweight, but uh, this person he stopped after that after some months because uh, he cannot do it anymore because it's a very difficult. You know very well to be in the <laughs> national team and. Uh, all this training, all yeah, these years. So, yes. And she stopped and uh, I tried to find one person all the time. So after that, uh, I found another person. We go in the double. We take, we win the Mediterranean games, all that. But this person, again, he stopped. So <laughs> all the time that I find one guy to find uh, one double or one pair, all they stopped. So... We discuss with my coach and we tell to be in the single because it's the only solution to go further. And I want to race one uh, Olympic. Uh, I want to go in the Olympic Games again. So we try in the single. And uh, I worked all these two years from 2019, 2020, and 21. I try to do my best and uh, in all the trainings to mm. give myself uh, very well and to be focused. You know, when we often when we chat to to the athletes and we chat to especially people in the single, it's very specific people that like rowing in the single. You know, it's it's very different to the rest of rowing where you know. Lots of people, they want the crew environment. They want to have teammates and the, the single scholars want to be by themselves. They want to do it um, they on their own. And it sounds like for you, you enjoy the team environment. You enjoy rowing in the four and you row in the double and the pairs a lot. Was it a big change to go into the single, uh, into the single skull? And what was it like doing this much training by yourself? And, you know, uh, obviously through... COVID and, you know, the extra year, you, you must have spent a, a lot of time training on your own. What is it like? Yes, it's a very difficult, especially in the trainings. It's very difficult because you want one person to speak or to encourage you in something to go mm. better. Yes, it's very difficult all the time to be alone and to, to be focused and uh, to try to give your best all the time when you are tired and all this in the trainings. But uh, this part I don't like at all. <laughs> it's very, yes, it's very difficult. Mm. But uh, after that, when you are alone and you go to the races and all this, I liked, I liked very much because you have the responsible, not from the other people, on your own. So if you have if you are doing one mistake, you take uh, your responsibility on your own, not yeah. on your uh, others. So I take and all these good or the bad things that maybe yes. happen on the races, you take it uh, all on you. 
And then we, we just touched on the, the extra year, you know, uh, the, the Olympics getting moved from 2020 to 2021. How did that affect you? And, you know, we've spoken to especially the, the Kiwis and the Australians who were so isolated in, in their part of the world during lockdown. They could train really well. They could, you know, it didn't affect them too much. They didn't have that much uh, uh, detriment from the, the COVID uh, pandemic. How was COVID for you? How was the extra year? Um, obviously, you've trained really well through the the pandemic, but how how was it in uh, in Greece? And is that where you were training for for most of the time? Yes, it uh, for me. I think it helps a lot because mm. I have one year in the single. So the next year, the 2021, it helps me because I try uh, how I call it to fix these mistakes that I have. Mm. In the single and one year more is better to prepare yourself about. So we don't lose so much because we are isolated in the Olympic Growing Center. So we don't have another person outside or, or to come in the center or to go out. So we have all here the gometers, all the the boats, all that. So I think uh, for us, it helps a lot. So we don't lose uh, the training like many countries or they cannot go from north to go south and to do this training. We are isolated in the Olympic Growing Center in Skinia, so we do all the training here. And then, you know, on, you know, on a more like personal level as you, you obviously are, you know you you're still a very young athlete i mean you're only 24 years old and for someone to be 24 and and, and performing so well in singles and it's an incredible achievement you know in in of itself and then you know you must have seen the extra year as a huge advantage to you because you 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 must know like okay i'm a younger athlete but i've shown really good results i just need to fix you know one or two things and then i'm going to be have a winning formula so you know Speak to us a bit about like your your mentality and, and what headspace were you in when you got a chance to have an extra year? It must have been a huge you must have seen it as a huge advantage. Yes, to to do this you must uh, be focused on the training and uh, to work all this on the training because to work on the race it's not possible. So I try to work on the trainings and uh, in every training to be tougher and uh, when I have all this tired to try to think uh, positive and to feel in my body that you can do it and uh, the days they are coming on the Olympics so you must work harder. So I try in all this, this training and to be focused on that and to try to to fix all these uh, problems that I have for maybe for my technique and all this. So to have better technique and with my coach, we see the videos and all that. And we try to focus in some uh, problems, for example, in the technique that I have to fix them, to be better in the Olympics. So we learn every race that I go, we learn something more. So, mm. and then 
Tell us a little bit about the, I mean, because you had just a phenomenal regatta, you know, winning the, the semi-final, winning the final. Tell us a bit about what it was like racing down the, the course on finals day. You know, you, you, you led from early on in the race and you held that lead all the way down the track. And uh, what was it like going through the middle of the race, you know, leading an Olympic A final and yeah, just holding uh, those, those other guys off? Yes, I didn't believe that uh, I hold them because I said now they do an attack and they pass me. But uh, in the final, I do one variation where I go up with strokes in the 700 meters, 750, to find them because uh, to be behind, they have their leading. So it's a little bit psychologically. Yeah. So I try to play with them to go with them and uh, but uh, it's a little bit of risk so because if you are go up with strokes and maybe you don't have another powers in the last meters they pass you so I try to do this variation and I feel good so I try to keep it and when I pass them <laughs> I try to to keep this in the half boat <laughs> And uh, all the time I think in myself, you go for a medal, you go for a medal. So yeah. try to to keep them in this distance. And in the last 250, 300 meters, I said to myself, now go, everything you have and uh, take the gold medal. So I feel very good in my body. I was in a, yes, it's the first time that I feel so good. That uh, I yeah. finished the race and I didn't feel exhausted like uh, another race. Yeah, I, I feel, mean, yes. <laughs> I'm sure having, you know, going across the line and then knowing that you just won the Olympic gold medal, that must have been, you know, it doesn't matter how hard I had to work. It's, it's you know, right now I couldn't, you know, you just feel, you know, so excited to win that gold. It must be incredible, you know, standing on the podium with a gold medal around your neck. I mean, does it still, do you still feel like it hasn't quite sunk in yet? <laughs> yes, maybe I didn't realize it uh, <laughs> that uh, it's a so big achievement. So I try, mm. yes, to be like, uh, okay, you are taking this medal and uh, you are going to do. Uh, you, I write uh, my history in the Greek rowing team. So it's the first gold medal yeah. in Greece in rowing. So I try. To take another and yeah, another so yeah no it's it's awesome and you know i'm also interested to just talk about you know greek rowing because you know the greek crews have definitely like you said in rio you know had the lightweight four and then obviously the, the heavyweight four in rio was also you know a, a good crew having also raced them too so you know greek rowing seemed to really have done well at these last games i mean you had the women's pair who was absolutely fantastic you know they they broke the record in the semi-final held it briefly and then the women's scholar again another young athlete that's doing incredible things so you know what's you know what's um what's it been like in the greek rowing team these last couple of years because there seems to be so much energy and and young crews that are doing well yes our coach trying to encourage us every time so and we do this training that is not very easy so very tough training Mm. And uh, all the time, yes, they press us <laughs> and to have the 
are better to be better in the training and when especially when we are very tired so i think uh, this works very good very great and we we have to to do this achievement to to be better from the others so i think this helped a lot yeah. but it's it's very difficult to yeah, I mean, and I mean, we saw because obviously we were at the, the same training venue just before the games uh, up in Toyama. We didn't speak much because obviously everyone is focused on their team and uh, in their racing. But yeah, I mean, you guys were, were training really, really hard, you know, lots of, of racing, lots of sprinting. Was that a, was that a really good camp for you? Did you did you feel like coming off that camp that you were were really ready for for Tokyo? Yes, I think it helps because uh, maybe from the humidity we are better. So mm. I think these two weeks that we do in Katsura Lake here, there it was a it was a good step. So to be better because if we are coming in the Tokyo last two three days, maybe we don't have uh, the same result. Yeah, so mm. I think and all this sprinting because in the first week we have the adaptation and all that. Uh, I think it helps. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, coming back home to Greece with an Olympic gold medal must have been such a special thing because you know, not just as the Olympic Games a big thing for basically all countries around the world. You know, Greece is the founding nation of Olympic Games. I'm sure it's a, it's a deep. It's a deep part of your history, you know, the, the ancient games and then obviously the, you know, the reiteration of the modern Olympic Games in 1896 that was held in Athens and Greece. So it must have been a very special thing to come home to, to a country and a culture that the Olympic Games is such a pivotal um, center of. So that must have been very special coming home with that gold medal. Yes, it was very special because in all the Greeks, it's like they take it... Uh with me, this metal, because mm. I come to my, I lived in Ioannina, it's a little bit far from Athens. So, mm. and uh, I have one ceremony and all that. They come uh, a lot of people and mm. they hug me. They recognize that I take this metal like they are with me. So yes. it's very special moments and uh, it's very beautiful. I think it's the dream uh, in all, uh, in every athlete that to take no. this medal and uh, to come in his country, to bring and to show in all these people. Mm. For sure. I mean, it, it really, it must be so, um, so special to, to have that and to, to take that home. Um, and then, yeah, like going into the coaching side of things and the technical side, because I mean, we were going back about how fast the conditions were. And I think that's one of the reasons why you were able to stay ahead watching the race. You know, you, you got that early lead. And then as the, the conditions were really fast and really difficult, it was hard for the other guys to change speed and to, to come after you. So talk us a bit about the, the technical um, side of rowing. And, you know, when you, when you were working on the, the technical stuff before the games, what are your main focus points? Uh, I think the most focus is point the single is the legs. So if you are trying to keep the legs in one rhythm, good rhythm, but uh, to be faster with the legs, so 
the speed is not going down. So every time you must keep this speed. I see only the GPS. And when uh, in the GPS, sometimes I go slower. I try to push my legs very fast, but not with power, with a reaction and very, very the speed to be elastic like that. Mm. I think this is the, the problem. In the waves, you must do to find a very good balance and to press your oars down. So and to good uh, to find uh, go the up the bottom yes the the yes uh, but i think the key point is the legs in the, so, in the rowing i think it's the legs so speaking about the legs you know it just reminds uh, reminds me and i'm sure jake as well about uh, gianni Postiglione. Mm. you know he's uh, he's worked with us a bit and it's always quick legs quick legs electricity yeah. in the legs mm. so yeah. Tell us, yeah, what was it like working with Johnny? Because uh, he can be very difficult. Uh, he makes the training uh, really, really tough. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's also there to, to make, make you faster. So what was it like having uh, Gianni in your team? And Gianni has been part of the Greek team for, for a long time. Yes, I think it's a very good coach. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you don't want to listen because <laughs> he plays you a lot. <laughs> and you don't want, yes, all the time, legs, 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 like that. And, uh, but it's okay. In the, in the, like you said, in the when you are, when you have, uh, you you take this achievement and you have one medal on your neck. Then you said, yes, you have right. Maybe in the trainings, you said, why he pressed me so much? Mm. Why I doing all this training? Why when I'm tired, he pressed me? Maybe he don't understand me and all like that. But uh, when you are in the race, you see, because all the opponents is very tough. So you see that you must do it on the training and when you are tired. They say to mm. us, everything is uh, fresh in the 1,000 meters, but you must work to be in the 2,000 meters. Everyone goes 1,000 meters good. But yeah, exactly. The second part, it's uh, when you are tired, to, when you are tired to work on your technique. Mm. That's, uh, they press us and they tell us, when you are tired to think all the time, your technique. Yeah, of course. And I think that's, you know, definitely what separates, you know, the, the, the decent scholars to the great ones is the ability to still perform in the second thousand meter of the race when, it, when, you're, when you're under the, the effects of fatigue. Um, and then, you know, we, we've been talking about the Greek team and I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on your, the women's pair from Greece. They've been absolutely fantastic in these last couple of years. You know, they've got the, the world record in their juniors and in the under 23s and you know, they definitely be seen to going well. So, you know, that's that's Maria and Christina. They, they must be fantastic to train with because, you know, you guys are both quite young crews and, and showing really good speed. So, chat to us. It must be good to see them perform so well in, in, in Tokyo as well. Yes, it's uh, two young girls and uh, it's uh, very good to have in the team because they try all the time, like... Uh, the others so and uh, have a lot of future in mm. front of them so 
I think uh, it was a good is good pair and very young. So if they work a lot in the to to stay to work uh, in the Hellenic growing team, I think mm. uh, in the preview the next years uh, will be maybe they take a medal. I think mm. in the next Olympics, no, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think you know we we spoke to to Grace Prentergast and Kerry Gowler on the on the on the road show and they said they had so much respect for that young the the young Greek pair because obviously they've shown such promise and hundred percent will be a crew to watch in the coming years. And obviously speaking about the future, I mean we we hope to see you continuing in the in the men's single. You know, it's it's always great to see uh, other countries, you know, putting up their hands and showing how um, fast they can be. So it's really fantastic to see Stefanos continuing in the skull. I don't know what your plans are going forward. Yes, uh, I want to now because uh, I take this medal. I want to continue to mm. be in the single and I try to be again uh, in this uh, form to do again this training mm. and uh, I try to take an, another medals, but uh, to take this medal, uh, gold medal in the Olympics, because all uh, all the rowers in the single, we are in one and two seconds. So maybe one time I'm good me, and the other times the others are better. So mm. I cannot say that. Uh, I will be in the top or I exactly. take gold medals on the time. So no, I try be, to do my best to, yes. You can't be complacent and, in the in the men's single. There's, there's someone's ready to take the spot there. Yes. The, it's actually a, an event that we've been speaking a lot about uh, over the last you know, two or three years where the, the competition is so high and there's so many people that on the day can, uh, can arrive and can uh, win the medal that it makes... I mean, it's even 2019 or, or 2018 is some of the best uh, races coming out of the, the single that we, we've ever seen. Yes, I think it's a very tough opponent. And uh, we will see that have a lot of metals and more experience than me in the single because have a lot of years in the single. Mm. So I think uh, that these persons are uh, in the leading. So... They are on the top level and very good athletes. So I try again to be with them and uh, to try to beat them again. Mm. <laughs> and uh, because I know that they are very tough and they are mm. in one second, two seconds in front of me or behind. We are all in the same level like mm. now. Yeah. So when you look at the, especially older uh, uh, single scholars, you know, people that have retired already or, or, or finished rowing, are there any ones that you really aspire to, to row like or be like? Because, you know, just watching your racing, it's very similar to Zeno, uh, Zeno uh, Muller as well, and um, uh, Robbie, Manson. Robbie Manson. You know, these are athletes that have executed very similar races to, to your race. So when you look back at, uh, at other single scholars who, who do you like watching the, the most? Uh, I think uh, Miller, yes. Zina Muller. <laughs> I mean. Yes, 
is in the, I think in my body weight and the, yeah exactly in very my, similar yes yeah and he's uh, crazy when we chatted to when we chatted to him he's just full of passion and uh, you know he's so much love for for rowing and I mean absolutely crazy but we love it <laughs> <laughs> yes I think yeah. yes and um yeah, so that uh, that brings us towards uh, the end of the interview, Stefanos, and we have uh, these series of quickfire questions where we ask every guest on the show, and they they're usually quite you know they they awesome answers and um, you know cool questions to ask that the that the fans love listening to you. And um, the first question is: if you could choose, if you could race any boat class at the Olympic Games, which would it be? Yes, I raced in the men's four and. Now in the single, I like the single, but uh, I want to try men's eight, for example, because the Greece never, yeah, mm. yeah never the, goes in the men's eight or in the world championship or in junior or under twenty-three or in eight. So I think I want to try this. And I mean, you rode a lot of boat classes. When you look at the the history, uh, your racing results, you know, you've rode the single, you've rode the lightweight men's four, you've rode the men's double you wrote the men's pair and what is it like changing between the single or sculling events and uh, the sweep or events yes it's a it's a difficult to change but i think uh, it's very good to take one taste from all of them yes. to go like in the pair the pair i think it's a for me it's perfect boat i like it very much i think it's a very very easy to take the speed and all that for me because uh, for my couple because uh, my friend we are together so we we are very good in this so i like it a lot and mm. uh, yes i think to change it it's difficult because uh, the pair wants another technique or uh, the men's sweep has another technique. The sculling has another technique because I think uh, in the sweep you must be more focused and more more technical than the sculling. I think mm. that in the sculling uh, to put the power, they take it. But in mm. the sweep, if you are not put the power correctly, I think uh, it's not take what you give it in the boards. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, now that we're talking about that, you know, you've rode in both, both disciplines and obviously now you've, you know, you're an Olympic champion in the men's single. So it's obvious that you have a lot of proficiency and you're really good at rowing single. But, you know, before everything happened, before you moved into the skull, would you, would you say that you're more of a natural sculler or more of a natural sweep, sweep rower? I think sweep rower. Mm. Yes. I like the sweep, yes. <laughs> Better than the, the sculling. <laughs> but, and maybe now that you, you have that gold medal and the rest of uh, Greece has, has seen you perform, maybe some more young guys will be coming up, uh, coming through the, the school system and, uh, and the, the team will grow and maybe you'll have a chance to, to row some bigger boats again. <laughs> I don't know if uh, they're coming back, maybe. But now that uh, I will be alone, and I know that uh, I keep focusing on that and I go in Paris. Mm. Uh, 
I think I want to be in this, uh, uh, to be alone, like to be focused. Or if I have one uh, person, for example, that he wants to train constantly and to be with me, yes, of course. But uh, I cannot trust like that again. To, for one person and then they left and find another person in another boat and again they stopped it's uh, yes. yes and especially now that you've proven to yourself that you can perform in the single that you don't need the crew you don't need anyone else to to make you fast so obviously that brings a lot of belief and uh, you know that makes you want to to row the single but we're gonna have to change our questions now because uh, the next question is if you had to choose if you had to qualify the the four for for paris and you could choose any athletes from uh, rowing anywhere in the world anytime which other three athletes would you put in your boat to to race with three athletes with me to race yeah yes <laughs> i think uh Olaf Tufte is the one. Mm, good one. The good second choice. is the Valen Sinkovic. Yes. A great athlete. And uh, the third, the third, I want to be like in the Coxless Four in England, but uh, in the Andrew Trick squad. Oh, <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> I want to try like, uh, like that. One no, I think for a, them. that's a that's pretty good uh a good crew and olaf has rode in the in the four before i think he rode 1994. yes he did he 90 or somewhere there he rode in the sweep and obviously valent has got the skills in the sweep and the skull yeah you have andrew triggs hodge specialist in the heavyweight men's <laughs> good option. so the question is there will you stroke the boat or will you put uh andrew triggs hodge in the stroke seat uh, i think andrew <laughs> yeah i don't know if uh let me to be the stroke <laughs> maybe he cannot follow me <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> maybe but yeah no that's that, I, don't I think, think that's a, <laughs> i think that's a that's a really good combination and um also i mean just talking about olaf it must have been it must have been awesome to you know see him going to the seventh games and you know i'm sure for you in the men's single especially olaf must have a, a quite a a big legacy and he must for you he must also be a big person in the sport yes he's a great athlete and uh i think he's one of the top athletes in our mm. sport so i think if i have the opportunity to row with him it's a <laughs> it's yeah. a very good yes and so the next question is what is your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again it doesn't have to be yours it could be again it could be uh, anyone's but you know what's the race that you always find yourself coming back to uh, the race that uh, i want to see for example yes. to, not uh, only in mine so yes in the other although your one your one will be right up there lots of people are oh, going to choose a, your race in, the, in race. the future very good race uh Better race, I think, the 2016 Mahidraza. Oh, oh Martin. yes, such a, such a good <laughs> race. That was a very good one. And I, I can't believe they should have shared the medals there. Because, I mean, we've spoken about it in the past, and like in swimming, you know, if it gets too close to swimming, they give them both the same medal. And even Mahe, when we spoke to Mahe, said that, you know, they thought of they, 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 
both got that goal because I mean that kind of margin of a race. I mean that's absolutely crazy. Yes, I saw it. I saw it. Mm. And yes, this uh, Coxless four maybe with Trigzod. Oh, yes, in the 2012 and in the 2008, yes, in Beijing. Very yeah. good races. Yeah. Mm. Especially the 2008 one because they losing for a lot oh, of the yeah. race they yes. and then for they, one they length, come through. I think. And yes, in the last 250 and has incredible finish. And yeah. there's, there's an interview about uh, that race and uh, Pete Reed, he says, in the interview, he says the Like at 500 meters to go, he thought that maybe they won't win. And then he says how he punishes himself with even thinking it, for even thinking <laughs> that he, he might not win. And, and then they, they come online and, and take it back, which I always thought is such a good way to, to think about that doubt that you, you often get in, in a race. Mm. So the next question is, if you were in charge at uh, World Rowing, What would you change? Yes, <laughs> a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of one of the things that a lot of people have spoken about is is introducing shorter races into you know because the two thousand meters like obviously it's a big race but to try and generate more interest especially from a spectator point of view a big part of the conversation has been shortening it to five hundred even shorter to fifty meters. You know what what do you think about that? Would you like to see that introduced in the sport? Yes, but uh, I think in the small distance, <laughs> all these athletes that is better for us physically and more taller and with more power than us, it's more mm. easy to win in the mm. small distance because yeah. we don't create so much uh, lactic acid so to be keep it in the high level. Hmm. Yeah, and also it's uh, the other thing that people speak about is how uh, they'd keep lightweight rowing. Oh, yes, because um, you know with with lightweight rowing, they're wanting to phase it out all the time, and you know we're missing the the lightweight four at this Olympics. It was really really sad. Uh, obviously, you've raced in the lightweight four. South Africa has won a medal in the lightweight four, so it's a it's a big boat class for for us, and uh, it's always sad to see it get taken out of the the Olympic schedule. Yes, maybe. I changed this. <laughs> I changed mm. to be back in the Coxless for lightweight because uh, I think it's unfair for all the others, the lightweights and uh, yeah. all the small person that uh, and guys that is not two meters or they cannot uh, take uh, kilos like to be 85 or they are 75 kilos. They cannot. And after the Paris. I think the lightweight category, it's top at all. So I tried to, if I was president, they, I cannot uh, let this happen. But I think, although you, you've proved, yeah, you've proved to everyone that um, you know you've gone from the lightweight category into the gladiator event uh, of the, the the men's single, where you need the biggest and the most power, and you've managed to to come away with the the win there. So maybe you are proving that uh, the lightweights is they, they can do it on the on the big stage. Yes, yes, nothing mm -hmm. is impossible. So if you want it, you if you try it a lot and you wanted to, you want to do it. Yes, 
You can do it. Um, and then the next, the next question, Stefan asked. This is the question everyone wants to know. Um, <laughs> and we've asked, we've asked every guest on the show so far, and, and that is, what is your your two thousand meter personal best on the Ergo? <laughs> my personal best. <laughs> uh, hmm. My personal best is. Uh... Five, uh, five, uh, five fifty-seven. Five fifty-seven. Hey, nice. hey, that puts That's you. It. You put that puts you right next to Lawrence Day. So we mm-hmm. we have a a ladder where we put everyone that's ever been on the show on their on their speed on the on the thing. So you tie me and you are the same, and we both also are one eighty-seven tall. So we're the same there yeah. as well. Um, yes. So we're the same. And, and this. This year I cannot go under the six minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been tough, but I think uh, you know it's you know I think you're still a very young athlete, so you know I think that that I'm sure that time will you know will get much faster. So just to put it in per, in perspective, oh, yeah. some of the other single scholars that we have on the list: Zeno Muller, five fifty three; Mahi Drysdale, five forty one; Oli Ziedler, five thirty eight. <laughs> so you really show that uh, that the power is not everything. That uh, that it's it's all about the skill and how you can uh, use the power that you that you have to to put it down. So mm. that's absolutely amazing to to see and uh, and to see that you know how important rowing well is, how important the the skill is to to make the boat go fast. Mm. Yes, yes, not the ergometer. Because the ergometer, mm. if you take and put it uh, in the water, it doesn't float. Down. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't float. Exactly. So, well, so then the last, uh, the last quick fire question that we have is: if you were to choose a different sport to go to the next Olympics in, what sport would you choose? Mm. Uh, for the next Olympics, um, maybe, maybe tennis. <laughs> tennis, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good choice. There, you probably you, you probably have a, a a better time making a little bit more money in tennis than rowing, hey? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have, have you played a lot of tennis uh, before? Uh, uh, no, but I like it. Yes, I play a little bit, and uh, mm. I like it. This. Yes, yeah. I like all the sports, maybe and basketball, football. I tried it all. Volley, mm-hmm. I would be good in all this, but uh, the wrong mm. is uh, that uh, I wanted to do it like yeah. professional. <laughs> For sure. What I, what I like about tennis, because actually uh, me and Jacob also played a, a bit of tennis in our time, is terrible. It's not so. It's not so much <laughs> the, the physical difficulty. You know, you're not getting. It's not as hard as rowing, but the mental side of tennis is really, really brutal, really tough, you know, to always, you know, if you fall behind a little bit, you have to be, you know, and you're playing one-on-one, you're completely against that opposition. You have and to maintain your composure. The, the mental effort and composure that you need to perform in, on the tennis court is is really, really high. It's such a good way to practice the, the mental kind of a side of, of rowing is to, to play a bit of tennis. Yes. Mm. Well, Stefanos, that uh, actually, you know, that brings us to the end of our interview. Um, it's been awesome having you on. Um, I, we appreciate the fact that obviously coming, you know, English is not your native language, but it's still great to, to get you on the show because we've, 
we've we always want to chat to people from around the world not just the, the english-speaking countries you know get more diversity on the show so we really appreciate you coming on um and yeah thanks thanks for coming on me thank you very much yeah, yeah we we hope that you've enjoyed uh enjoyed the chat with us it's uh, it's been really great to to get that insight and into you know your that phenomenal race at the, the olympic games was honestly one of my favorite races of the whole uh, regatta it's definitely going to be one that i keep uh, watching on mm. on repeat <laughs> thanks so much and uh, thanks for for joining us it's been it's been a real pleasure yeah have a good day Amy, thank you cool so that is a wrap of our Stefanos episode and what a legend. What an absolute awesome guy. So cool to chat to you. I know it was maybe a little bit tricky with the the, the English, but you know, we he still easily got his point across and, and what an absolute gentleman for coming on the show and, and sharing that journey, that story with us. Mm, for sure. And I think it's definitely an athlete that, you know, he, he seems so excited to continue rowing and I cannot wait to see the results that, you know, he he can um he can do. Because I mean, the men's singles field, I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure what Chettle's doing, but Ollie's, you know, made his intentions done and he continue, he wants to continue on to Paris. And then I'm sure Sferi will keep going as well. I mean, Sferi had a, a tough one there in Tokyo. So, you know, Stefano's really part of such a cool field. And just listening to him speak about, you know, the changes that he made as a, as a younger athlete, realizing his potential and going to the games and actually really giving a shot to the gold medal. You can tell how excited he was. So, I mean, it was it was a real, you know, often we don't get to chat to athletes at this point in their career. So speaking to someone that's a bit younger that suddenly, you know, realized, you know, started getting into what they potentially can really do. It's actually a really cool point to to, to grab an athlete and have an interview with, with them. Yeah, and I mean, my favorite part by far is hearing that he didn't even break six this year. <laughs> that cracks me up so much yeah. i love it you know to think about he's going against ollie who i mean we chatted to ollie a long time ago he went uh to what 538 yeah. i'm sure he's probably even pipped that by now yeah. and you know to to see someone else that's just complete opposite end of the spectrum come away with the the win and you know for me that's what is so amazing about rowing that's why i love rowing that's why i'm in the sport is because there isn't one mold that or if you print this uh, form out, you're going to get the speed. You know, there's so many different ways to to find that speed, find that, I don't know, the the art of rowing. And I uh, just, I mean, he really did show that, you know, it does, it's not about one particular aspect of the sport. You've got to get the full picture mm. and that's how you, you win on the water. No, 100%. I agree completely. And, you know, as such a young athlete, I'm sure that uh, he'll, he'll become faster than the ergo. And, you know, if you're already you know, his, his talent and his technical ability in the skull is so good. You know, a couple seconds there is going to make a huge difference. But, I mean, yeah, what a what an absolute legend. And I cannot wait to see his performances in the next coming years. For sure. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember to share the show. Tell your friends about it. That's not just a generic request from us. Just really go out there and... Let one more person, even if you've told 20 people about the show, go tell one more person for us. We want to build those numbers up and that'll help us continue to grow, continue to bring you this awesome content. So cool. That's enough. Enjoy until next week. Bye. Cheers, guys. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we lost it. You start here, then.
think we'll I think we'll have enough. No, I'll, I'll go. Let me go. Let me try it once. I'll get this thing. I'll just stay. I'll just stay. Thin.